You are listening to the 10-Minute Medic. I'm your host, Dr. Bill Young. This is the podcast for busy paramedic students. I recently had the opportunity to visit with students from Umpqua Community College in Roseburg, Oregon, while I was out on fall break recently. They were an outstanding group, and I really enjoyed talking with them. They told me that they enjoyed the 10-Minute Medic podcast. This week's podcast topic was selected by their class. This week, we're going to talk about ketamine for pre-hospital use. Although it's a newcomer to the drug bags of paramedics, ketamine was first developed in 1962 and used as an anesthetic in surgery. Over the last couple of years, it's become an attractive option for use in the pre-hospital arena because of its many applications, its safety as an anesthetic, and its fairly rapid onset of action. Ketamine is classified as dissociative anesthetic. Dissociative anesthesia is classified as that type of anesthesia that is characterized by a loss of consciousness, the introduction of being in a trance-like state, pain control, and amnesia to the events occurring around the patient. Ketamine can cause a patient to have the impression that they are disconnected from direct contact with the body because the limbic system has been anesthetized. Patients undergo an out-of-body experience, if you will. It's thought that these conditions are brought about because the signals sent to the cerebral cortex are interrupted as well as the disruption of direct communication between various aspects of the central nervous system. It does not always result in loss of consciousness in your patient. Other drugs in this category include the hallucinogen phenylcyclidine, more commonly called PCP, dextromethorphan, and nitrous oxide, more commonly called laughing gas. All of these responses are because of ketamine's action on the NDMA receptors found in the brain. These receptors are critical for the brain's ability to store memories and plays a role in how we acquire and retain new knowledge. New knowledge such as what you're doing right now in paramedic school. As the brain gets older, these receptors begin to function less effectively. This is what contributes to the loss of the ability to remember and makes learning new things much more difficult. This contributes to decreases in memory and learning performance. When these receptors are blocked, the patient loses responsiveness because the central nervous system becomes blocked. When ketamine is given in the lower dose range, the patient will enter a state of mild cognitive hypnosis with accompanying pain relief. If the dosage is increased, the out-of-body sensation will occur. This, along with the accompanying paralysis, is commonly referred to as entering the K-hole. If the dosage is increased higher, the patient will experience near-complete paralysis, sedative amnesia, while the respiratory system function is preserved with no deficits whatsoever. One common concern with general anesthesia is the cessation of breathing if the respiratory reflex is knocked out. Ketamine won't do this. However, ketamine that is given IV can, in rare circumstances, cause a laryngospasm. This is a condition in which the vocal cords go into a spasm and reduce or even eliminate the ability for air to be introduced into the lungs. This is a very rare occurrence, but due to its severity, you as a paramedic must be aware of it and be knowledgeable in how to address the consequences if and when it happens. This week's episode is sponsored by the Eastern Kentucky University Department of Paramedicine. Did you know that if you're a currently licensed paramedic without a degree, you can now earn your associate's degree or your bachelor's degree in EMS leadership completely online? All classes qualify for state and federal financial aid, and they're delivered in convenient eight-week format. For more information on how you can get started with your promotion by improving your education, drop me an email at bill.young at eku.edu.
Ketamine can be given in any method that any other parenteral drug may be administered, including IO and internasally. Recent research has shown it to be effective in the treatment of depression, and thus it can also be given PO. It's administered based upon the weight of the patient and has a half-life of about 180 minutes. Although having a relatively long half-life, the primary sedative action of ketamine begins to wear off in about 10 to 20 minutes after it has been given to the patient. Readministration of the drug may be necessary depending upon the length of your transport time. Although its negative effects on the respiratory system are fairly small, you must not inject it rapidly or else your patient may have periods of apnea following administration. Giving it over a minute will help to minimize or eliminate this unwanted effect. Never give a benzo and a ketamine in the same IV line as you may wind up with a precipitate that will make your IV useless. You've got to always remember that ketamine is an anesthetic. Even though the risk of a negative effect on your patient's breathing is relatively small, you've got to be highly competent in the early recognition of respiratory problems and how to deal with them. This is true for all drug administrations that will result in the alteration of the patient's mental status. Monitoring of your patient's ECG, pulse oximetry, and end-tidal waveform capnography are required. Keep your suction unit close as occasionally vomiting can result after ketamine has been given. The administration of opioid-based pain medications have been restricted in patients who are hypotensive as a result of the presence of shock. Ketamine is a great alternative to opioid administration of the shock patient. This is because it releases catecholamines. As you recall from your physiology class, catecholamines are hormones that are produced in the adrenal glands. The three primary catecholamines that have a sympathetic effect on the body are epinephrine, norepinephrine, and dopamine. Because of this release, you can treat pain without the nasty side effects of drugs such as morphine, fentanyl, and Dilaudid. As they say in the infomercials, though, but wait, there's more. When ketamine is given, stroke volume and heart rate increases while the bronchioles are dilated. A study completed by Shackelford showed that when combat medics administered morphine as compared to ketamine, there was an increase in the blood pressure of ketamine. Because of this, Ketamine is an excellent alternative for pain control when you're worried about the patient being hypotensive. Depending upon the dose that you administer, some patients may experience hallucinations as they metabolize the drug. This experience is called an emergency reaction and can be quite unpleasant and anxiety-producing for your patient. This doesn't happen to all patients who receive ketamine, but it is more common in women, those that are older than 16, as well as patients who receive a large dose or their dose being given quickly. If necessary, the administration of benzodiazepine will help with this side effect. There are some concerns that ketamine may increase the cardiac workload due to its impact on the sympathetic nervous system. As we discussed just a moment ago, this comes about because of the catecholamines that ketamine produces. Anytime you give ketamine or any medication like it, you must pay particular attention to the cardiac system by close monitoring. Also, be wary of giving ketamine to patients with a history of schizophrenia. It can cause their psychosis to worsen and make them very violent. The abuse of ketamine as a recreational drug began back in the late 1970s. One to two milligrams per kilogram can result in very intense hallucinations, as well as the dissociative effects for about an hour. Doses larger than this can cause unconsciousness that can be accompanied by nausea and vomiting. Ketamine is one of the most useful medications that today's paramedic has in their drug boxes. It's useful as an analgesic, 
functional as a bronchodilator, and it has a safety and dependability action as a sedative that no other agent can match. If you'd like to hear a specific topic on the 10-Minute Medic podcast, send your ideas to me at bill.young at eku.edu. If we use your topic, you'll receive a soon-to-be-famous unstable-gets-the-cable decal. Thanks for listening.